At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. My guys in the desert on a Tuesday, Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds from the South Point Sportsbook in Las Vegas. And uh, Wes, good to see you back in here today. We have a stacked lineup led off by Brad Biggs of the Chicago Tribune. He's the Bears beat writer. He joins us in about 10 minutes. And Chuck Esposito to uh, kick off hour number two. How was your weekend, man? You been busy? I have been busy, just been uh, trying to work all I can and prove my worth and prove my value. So uh, we, we, we shall see how that turns out. Uh, are you optimistic? I'm not, Matt, oh, okay. but, but I, you know, I'll try to put on a brave face. All right, put on a brave face today for the two-hour show. Let's talk baseball to start things off. And uh, we don't really have any big news today in baseball, but how about these power rankings that came out from MLB.com yesterday? I want to see if you disagree with these because I always find it interesting when uh, a media person does power rankings and then the the odds board reflects something totally different. Mm-hmm. And what we have here are the number one team and the number two team being the Giants and the Dodgers. Giants being number one, World Series odds at DraftKings 14 to 1. The number two team on the power rankings, the Dodgers, at 3 to 1 to win the World Series. Uh, number three is Astros, four White Sox, five Rays, followed by the Brewers, Padres, Red Sox, Yankees, and A's, rounding out the top 10. Uh, but the number one team in the power rankings, the Giants, 
a 14 to one shot to win the World Series at DraftKings. Do you have any objections to these power rankings? Wins? I do in terms of the Giants being number one. And look, I think that they're going to stick around for the playoffs. The team that I think is in at least a little bit of trouble could be the Padres with mm-hmm. that bullpen because I think it's it's the one of the better bullpens in Major League Baseball, but it's also one of the more used bullpens. So uh, that's a little bit concerning to me. So I think the Giants are for real, but I think this was like, oh, they have the most wins and they have the best record. It's kind of like when you get into like an NCAA tournament and you've got like a a six seed over an 11, but the 11 seed is favored. Sure. You know, yeah. and it's like, well, the six seed is the favorite. Well, actually, they're a two-point underdog according to every sports book <laughs> across America and right. across the world. But so, yeah, I would not have the Giants at number one. I think if you want to put the Dodgers number one, that is absolutely fair, despite the fact that they're four games back in the win column because they've been really the favorite all season. Plus, they did add Max Scherzer and trade Turner mm-hmm. at the trade deadline. They obviously are the highest payroll in Major League Baseball. So I would think you'd have to put them at the favorite or at least put the Astros. Perhaps now the Dodgers got the better of the Astros in that series last week. So I would probably have the Giants somewhere around number four or number five. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. It's tough to put the Giants at number one. They're going to have to prove it in the playoffs. And uh, the Giants, even though they uh, hold a lead on the Dodgers in the division, nobody in Vegas is going to power rank the Giants higher than the Dodgers right now. It's just not going to happen. Right, and and they shouldn't because, yeah. look, uh, I think with the Giants, you look at some of the numbers, is this starting pitching sustainable? Number one, they've made a living off the home run ball this year, but also, is it sustainable? Like, you look at somebody like an Alex Wood, Kevin Gaussman, now he is coming back from paternity leave, so maybe maybe we get a nappy factor in baseball yeah. and all of a sudden he keeps this, you know, Cy Young candidate form, does uh, uh, Kevin Gaussman, but you also have Sanchez, who's just come back, you have Johnny Cueto, so I got to think. You forgot that, about your guy, Di Sclafani. And Anthony yeah. Di Sclafani, who has had a better year, obviously had a terrible year ending off in Cincinnati in 2020. But, you know, is this going to stay true here? When you look at the Dodgers on the other side with Walker Bueller and now Max Scherzer and whenever they get Clayton Kershaw back, they're just better in terms of a short series. So I think this was just like, okay, the Giants are the only team above 70 wins, so let's rank them number one. Yeah, I, I believe that's the case as well. Giants are 71 and 41, four games up on the Dodgers in the West. How about the white hot Chicago White Sox? 67 and 46, they've won four in a row, and they lead the AL Central by 10 and a half games. How about last night? This from ESPN Stats and Info. Eloy Jimenez, the first player in White Sox history with two homers and five RBIs in consecutive games, the first player to do it since Bryce Harper. In 2015, uh, and the White Sox pummeled uh, the Cubs on Sunday night and then the uh, Twins last night, Wes. Yeah, and and look, the White Sox, we're going to see how good they are when they get in the playoffs. That division is already a wrap in the AL Central. They had been playing around 500 ball, really, since the All-Star break. Now they've reinforced the bullpen. It's probably the best part of the team, and it's going to need to be good when you get to play these better teams in the playoffs. All right, quick break here. My guys in the desert, VSIN, the Esports Betting Network. Matt Eumanns and Wes Reynolds here on My Guys in the Desert from the South Point Sportsbook on a Tuesday. 
It's great to have Brent Musburger in studio yesterday. It's been a long time since we saw the godfather in studio, the guy who founded this show, My Guys in the Desert. Uh, did you happen to catch Brent yesterday? I did. I did catch his uh, his piece and his comments on the late Bobby Bowden, who, of course, passed away over the weekend, longtime Florida State head coach. And look, I know that that program had a little bit of success before he came there, but it's almost looked at like Florida State, like Bobby Bowden is Florida State football, kind of like people look at Bob Knight is Indiana basketball, even though they won two national championships before he ever set foot in Bloomington. So that's what you look at. And when a coach is such an identity and they have built that program, I think uh, a big loss for college football. Yeah, it was. Uh, Brent had some uh, good stories yesterday when he stopped in the studio. And I love talking college football with him. Uh, the college football coaches poll is out. And uh, we have the DraftKings odds to go with it. A stunner at the top, Wes. An absolute stunner. Alabama I, is number one. I was taken aback, Matt, <laughs> yeah. when I when I when I saw that this morning. Alabama five to two at draft. And games. shockingly, Wes, Clemson number two. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, I, uh, imagine uh, that. And look, uh, I I can't necessarily disagree with that. Obviously, <laughs> you look in the first week. We are going to have two top five teams battle in the first week with Clemson and Georgia. They will play in Charlotte, North Carolina. So yeah. look, and that and that because their ranks. So high, Matt, too. You look at the college football playoff, losing in the first week doesn't necessarily end your chances. Like, mm -hmm. if you look at Clemson, and I'm kind of leaning to Georgia and the points in that game, if Clemson goes ahead and runs the table in the ACC and they're going to be favored in every game, by the way, they wouldn't get a matchup with number nine, North Carolina, until the ACC championship game. Same with Miami. They do not play them. Miami, I believe, is in the second 10, somewhere 11 through 20. But so Clemson's got a pretty easy ACC. ACC schedule. The only team I believe that had a winning conference record that they will play this year is at NC State. So they're going to be favored. If they run the table in the ACC, they probably get in the playoff even with the loss to Georgia in week one. So there's the top 10 in the uh, coaches poll. Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma. Some would argue maybe Oklahoma should be at the top. Uh, Brent Musburger loves Ohio State. That's the number four team. Georgia, the number five. Georgia's going to get a chance to make a statement as Wes uh, stated, against Clemson early in the season. Number six, Texas A&M. Seven, Notre Dame, which uh, how about that for a Sunday night football game less than a month from now. Notre Dame, Florida State, and Tallahassee. That's going to be a good one. Uh, Brent also loves Iowa State at number eight. North Carolina, nine. And Cincinnati, ten. And the one thing about the Bearcats, and I wrote about this in Point Spread Weekly uh, a week or two ago, I love this Cincinnati team, Wes, but the Bearcats are going to have to beat Indiana and Bloomington and mm -hmm. Notre Dame and South Bend to have any shot mm -hmm. to get in the playoffs. They, they have to run the table to yeah, have any shot. Yeah, but if they do, yeah. I think that you have to consider them. I know last year a lot of people thought, well, Cincinnati, we ought to consider them for the top four, and they just didn't have the quality of wins, and now they're going to get a chance to do that going to Bloomington and South Bend. You go 2-0 and in the Hoosier State, you don't stub your toe in the ACC or AAC play, rather, then you're probably at least going to be under very uh, strong consideration for one of those four spots. Those national championship odds from DraftKings, 80 to 1 on Cincinnati. You can find triple digits on the yes. Bearcats. Yeah, there. I've seen I've yeah. seen 100 to 1 in mm -hmm. some spots out there. Any any team on that list, Wes, outside of the top 2, outside of the Tide and the Tigers 
you would think about playing on the futures board? Well, perhaps North Carolina. Now, they have a tough game in week one. They have to go to Virginia Tech, and Virginia Tech is Justin Fuente finally on the hot seat. They have had a losing record in two of the last three seasons. That does not go over well in Blacksburg, Virginia, based on how (laughs) well Frank Beamer did in his tenure there and really getting that program to kind of national prominence. So, you know, if North Carolina can get through that matchup, they'll get Miami. They do get Miami at home. Remember, they absolutely blew Miami's doors off in that season finale when Miami had an Orange Bowl bid and a chance to stay at home on the line. And North Carolina ran for about 7,000 yards, I think. Maybe I'm over by maybe 100 yards or so. It was a lot. I know that. It was a stunning number of yards. All right, let's bring in Brad Biggs. He's covered the Chicago Bears for about 20 years now on the beat for the Chicago Tribune. And Brad, uh, can you remember this level of excitement, anything compared to this with uh, Bears fans when it comes to a quarterback? Because there's a lot of hype surrounding Justin Fields right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a ton of hype for Justin Fields right now. But, I mean, let's not, let's not have a, a super short memory here and forget that they – traded up to get the second pick in the draft in 2017 for Mitch uh-huh. Trubisky uh, it, when he was anointed the, the next savior of the organization and, and go back to 2009 when they traded uh, multiple first-round draft picks to the Denver Broncos for Jay Cutler coming off of uh, a year in which he went to the uh, Pro Bowl uh, for the AFC representing uh, the Broncos. So uh, there's been quarterback hype uh, for this franchise in the not too distant past. It's just never really, you know, come to fruition for them. They got to the NFC championship game game uh, on one occasion with, with Jay Cutler. And uh, as we know, with uh, the Bears and Mitch Trubisky, they, they made the playoffs uh twice in three years, although admittedly, uh, I think they would even say they did back then a year ago before they were quickly dispatched by the uh, New Orleans Saints. Yeah, Brad, I'm a little bit biased because I never liked Jay Cutler. And uh, as far as Mitchell Trubisky, I think a lot of people felt like, what the hell are the Bears doing trading up for uh, Trubisky? I don't think he was a terrible quarterback while he was in Chicago. Uh, But this Justin Fields move seems like a lot more people like it. A lot more people are optimistic about it. Uh, Brad, I covered the Bears in the late 90s when they drafted Cade McNown. You remember what a disaster that was? Yeah, I mean, terrible. They had a, you know, you had a guy who who arm strength was a real uh, deficiency, and you're asking him to play home games at Soldier Field where uh, it it could be really windy. Uh, Yeah, that was – I mean that was a really bad move. They could have they could have had Champ Bailey in that draft uh, had they stayed put where they were. So um, it's a it's an organization that's been defined by failures at the quarterback position for uh, decades and decades and decades. And the, the hope is that they can uh, get it right with Fields. Uh, he's had some wow moments in, in nearly uh, every practice. He's almost certainly going to open the season as the backup, the number two behind uh, Andy Dalton. But I think everyone is uh, really interested to see how he looks on Saturday when they kick off the preseason here at home against the Miami Dolphins. 
And Brad, you mentioned, of course, he is likely to be the backup, that being Justin Fields, this via DraftKings. Uh, yes, 4-1 to one that Justin Fields takes the first snap of the regular season. No is minus $5. So uh, the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton, likely to be the starting quarterback. I know that that doesn't appease a lot of fans in Chicago. They want the new guy out there, and they want him out there right away. But let me ask you, uh, Brad, if to make a little projection here, when do you think Justin Fields finally gets the reins here at quarterback this season? I, you know, I mean, that's the question everyone's asking. That's the question everyone's asking talk show radio here. That's the number one question I get when I do a mailbag every week here. That's the number one question I get from my buddies who are <laughs> Bears fans here. You know, and it's, it's really a loaded question. I don't know how Dalton's going to play. I don't know how Dalton's going to do involving uh, the skill position players on the offense. I don't know what the record's going to look like after week three, after week five, after week six. You know, if they're playing good football with Andy Dalton, they're going to be able to take their time a little bit with Justin Fields. And, and that, you know, doesn't make the majority of Bears fans happy who maintain that Justin Fields is the future, play him now. You know, uh, Justin Herbert was forced into action earlier than the Chargers planned for a year ago because of that uh, injury that Tyrod Taylor got at the start of the season. And Herbert, you know, you saw flashes in some of those games early on, and it wasn't great all season for Justin Herbert, but I think people feel like the Chargers have got a pretty damn good quarterback, and he's got a full season uh, under his belt now as he gears up for year two. Fields is going to play this year. Uh, when he plays, I think, is is going to be a function uh, that that is uh, dependent upon how he looks in preseason action and then how that first-team unit fares as a whole with Andy Dalton out there. Because I can tell you in practice, you know, you've seen instances where – Justin has had to move off of his first read on a play and things can get a little bit clunky then. He's, he, you know, he's not on schedule like Dalton is. Dalton's not going to see some coverage that throws him for a loop. He's seen it all. He's played long enough in the league. So um, how does Justin get better at that? Well, it's, it's experience. It's reps. It's reps. It's reps. So uh, he's going to play this year. I just uh, I wish I could give you a better answer, but I don't have it, and I don't think the I don't think the coaches could right now give you a better answer if they were if they were speaking candidly and they didn't know that they were uh, on your radio show. Yeah, I would guess sometime in the second month of the season. If I just had to take a. Uh... A broad guess on that, that schedule uh, is really hard at the beginning yeah. of the season. Okay. Now that I'm looking at it, I don't it. think they want to throw Justin yeah, Fields. Mean, yeah. It's a, this schedule is a, is a bear for them. It, it really is guys. They, they did not uh, catch any breaks with the way that uh, this thing shook out for them this year. And it, and it happens from time to time. And who knows? I mean, maybe we get to the first week of November and we say, you know what? Some of these teams that we thought were, were going to be real challenges for the bears are not for, you know, one reason or another injuries or the, the performance just isn't what people sort of expected, but they've got a, uh, a really tough schedule. Uh, guys, they've got uh, real issues on the offensive line right now. Mm. They've, had, they've had 11 practices so far. 
they've lined up four different players with the first unit at left tackle, none of them being Kevin Jenkins, the guy they traded up mm-hmm. in the second round to select out of Oklahoma State. Well, consider that of the top 13 pass rushers in the league last year for just going off of sacks, of the 13 from the 2020 season, 11 of them are on the Bears' schedule this season, and that doesn't include a guy in San Francisco by the name of Nick Bosa who missed almost all of last year with that uh, knee injury. So they're going to be facing the very best in terms of pass rushers this season with an offensive line that's got huge question marks, and I think that's going to have an impact on what whoever is playing quarterback, Andy Dalton or Justin Fields, can accomplish for the Bears. I was going to ask you about that, Brad. You answered my question because I was reading your story. How big a problem could the offensive line be? Now, if Andy Dalton starts in the first month, he's going to have a couple spots where he can pick up wins. Bears are going to be home favorites against the Bengals and the Lions. After that, man, it's tough to find a soft spot on that schedule where you could work Justin Fields in and give him his first start. You look at that Bears schedule, it's brutal. When you look at that, Brad, yeah. and, and the season win total seven and a half, shaded under minus 120 or minus 130. Uh, do you think this Bears team gets to eight wins? What do you think of that win total of seven and a half? That's, that's tough for me because I, I don't know how this defense is going to look, Matt. Yeah, this is a defense that over the first half of last season was really good. Uh, the second half of last season was really, really average. And, and so you're talking about half the season. So we're not looking at a super small sample size. I mean, they were, they were mediocre for, for really the whole second half of the season. And they've got a new coordinator. Uh, they've got some questions at the corner position. Uh, if the defense can bounce back, from from what it did in in November and December and January, I think they've got a chance to to go over. Mm-hmm. But if that defense, if they sort of pick up where they left off a year ago, that's going to be a big a, a tall order for them, a big ask because I just don't know that offensively we're going to see them take a huge step forward. They expect to be better at that quarterback position. They should be a little bit better. But when you talk about the skill position players, they haven't made a whole lot of moves there where you're looking at it and you're saying, okay, well, this guy is going to come in and give them a, a, a big boost here. One guy that, that I think will be interesting to watch, and, and Bears fans know who he is, people uh, around the country that maybe didn't watch a lot of Chicago football a year ago perhaps don't know as much, and, and that's Darnell Mooney. He was a rookie wide receiver a year ago. This guy is uh, lightning fast. He did set a franchise record for uh, receptions by a rookie with about 61 last year. Uh, most of these uh, passing records and receiving records are sort of low bars to clear in Chicago because of the history of the quarterback position. But Matt Nagy has compared uh, uh, this guy, Darnell Mooney, who, who came out of Tulane and was a fifth-round pick last year, to uh, Deshaun Jackson uh-huh. and Tyreek Hill. Now, I don't know if he could be either one of those guys because Deshaun Jackson in his prime was about as good as it got in the league in terms of being a vertical threat guy. But, boy, if he if he approaches either one of those guys, if he's 75% or 80% of either one of those cats, they've got a really nice 
player opposite Allen Robinson. Yeah, that's a big comparison. Brad Biggs, Bears beat writer for the Chicago Tribune with us. Brad, only got about 20 seconds left. Can you tell us quickly what the plan is for the quarterbacks in the uh, game against the Dolphins on Saturday? Yeah, it's, it sounds like uh, they're going to give the starters about 8 to 10 snaps. So I think that's what we'll see from Andy Dalton. Justin Fields will follow him. Uh, Nagy hasn't said how much he'll play. If I had to just guess, guys, maybe Justin Fields closes out the first half and they turn it over to Nick Foles, the number three, to start the third quarter. That's, that's just a guess, though. Okay. Hey, Brad, thanks a lot for the time. Appreciate it today. Have a great day, fellas. Follow Thank him you, at Brad Biggs on Twitter. Back here in a couple minutes on VSIN, uh, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are live from the OddsTrader.com studio at South Point Casino. Go to OddsTrader.com, download the free OddsTrader app right now, start winning with up to the second info you need. Real-time bet tracking, live in-game odds and stats, OddsTrader.com. Wes, we're going to talk more about the NFL preseason later in the show. we got plenty of time to break down this uh, week one schedule. The Bears, three-and-a-half or four-point favorites over the Dolphins at Soldier Field on Saturday night. Thanks to uh, Brad Biggs. Bears beat writer of the uh, Chicago Tribune joining us in that uh, first segment. Let's talk NBA Summer League. And uh, have you had a chance to watch or possibly even bet many of these games? I haven't bet. I've watched some bits and pieces a little bit last night of some of these games. And uh, just looking at the initial impressions, obviously you want to see how the rookie class is going to do. Jalen Suggs, I know we've talked a lot about him with Orlando. And I thought Orlando did the right thing, taking the best guy available when he slipped out of that top four. Oh, I did too. I thought they, that pick's going to prove to be a steal, I'm pretty uh, sure. I think so too. Yeah. Now, when I'm looking at Orlando in terms of what they have, of course they're going to bring Jonathan Isaac back from injury. Orlando, I think this year is going to be a good defensive team. They're going to play defense. They're going to have some low scoring games because I think that offense is going to get out of whack a little bit because I'm interested to see how Jalen Suggs is going to do with Cole Anthony. Mm -hmm. I don't know what kind of mix that is going to be, Matt, uh, between the two of them. So you might get some clunky offense out of those guys kind of out there on the floor together. But I do think that they're going to be able to guard. They've got some size. They're very young, obviously. They had kind of that fire sale at the trade deadline uh, with Vucevic being shipped out the door, Aaron Gordon being shipped out. So Orlando is starting from scratch here. I do think that they made the right pick with Jalen Suggs, 24-9 and last night. Looking at the uh, top performers from Monday in the NBA Summer League, day two of the Summer League here in Las Vegas, Desmond Bain from TCU for the Grizzlies. 32 points and a 91-84 win over the Nets. How about Emmanuel Quickly of the Knicks? 32 points, 8 assists, and an 8-point win over the Pacers. That was 94-86. to 86. Uh, Knicks have loved to see that. Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly with big games on back-to-back days. How about Jordan Nora of the Bucks, uh, former Louisville star, second-round draft pick in 2020. He had 30 points in the Bucks, 81-78 win over the Clippers. And Jalen Suggs, you talked about it, 24 points, 9 rebounds. And the Magics. 91-89 win over the Warriors. I watched that. That was a good game last night. Uh, Wes, we've got, uh, looks like, six more games on the rotation tonight. Pacers, two and a half over the Hawks. Total, 168 and a half. You're going to say all these totals are basically in the same neighborhood. Celtics, minus five and a half against the Nuggets, 166 and a half the total. Spurs, two over the Bulls, 164. Pistons, one and a half over the Rockets, 168. Kings, two over the Wizards, 166.5. And how about the Blazers, seven and a half point favorites over the Clippers in the highest total today at 170. Anything jumped out to you? We had Curtis Terry, uh, UNLV basketball radio analyst, who's out at the Summer League. 
on yesterday. He was bragging about Jalen Green and the Rockets. He likes the Rockets a lot. Anything that's jumped out to you in the first couple days? Well, uh, nothing in terms of the card that I bet at this standpoint. But the Rockets, I thought, look, uh, I thought they had a very good draft. I thought uh, yeah. Jalen Green, I agree with Curtis Terry in terms of his rave reviews. But the kid Garuba, when is he going to get over? He was on the Spanish team, of course, in the Olympics. And I thought that that was a, a steal down there late where they got him in the first round. So what you mentioned about some of the last night performers too with uh, Desmond Bain, he's going to have more of a role with Memphis this year because they did not do much in free agency. They got the contracts of Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe, but they didn't really add a lot of pieces. So it's up to some of these young guys, not only John Morant, but Desmond Bain, who I think was the number 30 pick last year, he is going to out of TCU and he is going to have much more of an offensive role. So I don't think this is just like a summer league aberration where it's like, okay, somebody's got to score points in the summer league. That guy I think is going to be a big rotation player for Memphis and then quickly in top and that's going to determine where I think the Knicks are going to be is these young guys can improve because Mm -hmm. I look at what the Knicks did and I kind of think that they're at the same place Matt going forward they did add Kemba Walker but I think that they're probably like a number six or number seven in the east unless these young guys step up to go along with Baron Randall that's actually an interesting point because I agree. I think they're a little bit better with Kemba, but he has not been very good the past couple of years, and right. he's been injured. Right. And when you look at the Knicks, I think quickly and uh, Toppin are big keys to their improvement. I agree with you, but Tom Thibodeau is a guy who doesn't really like to play young players. No, he doesn't. He likes to play veterans, heavy minutes, and he, he's afraid to play young guys. Yeah, it's like you guys better guard yeah. and commit to defense if you want to see minutes or you're going to have some time on yeah, the Yeah, not pine. too many young guys are great defensive players either. they got to learn to play defense if they don't come into the league. Not too many guys come into the league as great defensive players. Uh, that's enough hoops. We'll take a quick break, come back and talk golf. There was a long shot winner last week. How about this week? VSIN College Football Betting Guide is here. Start your football season on the right foot. This is also a great time to get your all-access VSIN subscription, including our college and pro football betting guides, along with everything we offer for the entire football season. You get the college guide for $19.99 or start your free all-access trial today. VSIN.com slash subscribe. Wes, look at the cover right there of the college football betting guide. Mm-hmm. Name those three quarterbacks. That would be uh, Spencer Rattler, Bryce Young, Bryce, uh, Bryce Young, Spencer Rattler, and DJ Uyangalale. I was going to see if you could pronounce his name correctly. Close enough. I, uh, it might be right. It passed. U- <laughs> yeah. It passed. Uh, I usually can get these uh, pronunciations right with all this experience doing golf. Of that's, course. Yeah, that's one of the interesting things about this uh, season. Actually, with uh, Oklahoma, Clemson, Alabama, all needing to replace a quarterback who was drafted in the first round, actually not Oklahoma, Ohio State, Mm -hmm. Clemson, and Alabama, all needing to replace a quarterback who was drafted in the first round. The fourth playoff team, Notre Dame, had a quarterback drafted uh, to an Ian Book. All right, let's get to uh, golf. I'm annoyed because I bet Abraham answers so many times in the past year. I did not bet him last week because I I didn't think anybody who played in the Olympics – 
had a great shot to win. That's right. that's a tough travel from Japan to Memphis, Tennessee. A big dramatic time difference. I thought, well, it's too too much. I'm not I'm not going to bet Abraham answer. I'm not going to bet Joaquin Neiman guys like that. I did bet against Xander Shoffley, who won gold. I bet against him in a matchup uh, last week, and that was an easy winner. Shoffley was flat as could be expected, but Abraham answered down five strokes on the back nine rallies. And you have to give them credit, but the leaders also collapsed. Yeah, they certainly did. Uh, I had a guy in the mix in Cameron Smith who looked like uh, he was going to gather the pieces as Bryson DeChambeau and really Harris English, who our, our partner Brady Cannon had, who had a four-shot lead at one point in that final round, found the water a couple times on the back nine. And TPC Southwind in Memphis, by the way, the most water balls of any tournament really back at, since the last like 15 years. So leaders found the water, so it looked like, okay, Somebody's going to hang in. The first guy that's going to make birdie here is going to end up winning this thing. No birdie came, mm-hmm. but Abraham Answer kind of hung around. Cameron Smith found trouble on the trees, tried to be a hero and reached the green on that second shot yeah. instead of uh, pitching it back into the fairway and then being good with your irons and putting his you-know-what off, which he pretty much did all week. It's like, okay, take your chances, but a double bogey put him T4. So Abraham Answer finally gets the win, and, and, I, and I was happy to see it, even though I didn't get a winning ticket out of it, because this guy has been a really good player top 20 to top 25 really over the last couple of years he's now number 11 in the world and uh, finally I think is is reaching his full potential out there so uh, vamos Abraham yeah I bet him so many times around 40 50 60 to one as have I yeah he cashed last week at 50 to one here at South Point 45 to one at Circa first career win for Abraham answer and 121 starts <laughs> One for 121, and he wins it last week. Okay, let's uh, take a look at this week's Wyndham Championship. It's kind of like the calm before the storm this week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, last uh, chance to get in that 125 for the FedEx Cup uh, playoffs. And by the way, I'm going to retweet this out. This came from PGA Tour Communications via Will Gray. Some of these guys that are not going to make the 125 do have exemptions because they have either a win on the PGA Tour, so they get a two-year exemption. So you look at some of these guys like the defending champion here at the Wyndham last year, Jim Herman. He's 171 in the FedEx Cup points. Probably not getting in the 125, but he has that exemption for another year because he won here last year. One guy, our old buddy Ricky Fowler, 130 in the FedEx Cup points. If he makes it in, then he's going to be in the playoffs as he's been every year. However, he does have an exemption. He would have to go to that lifetime money list exemption for Mm -hmm. next year. I never thought Ricky Fowler would have to use that. That's like using the old provisional in a NASCAR. (laughs) our race when you're a multiple time series champion or something but you know looking at this tournament it's very wide open Webb Simpson is the favorite based on the form he's not finished worse than third here in four years won his first PGA Tour event here in 2011 daughter one of his daughters is by the name Wyndham uh, after this event so at 12 to 1 though too short for me just hasn't been in really good form Uh, so I kind of went a little middle of the board this week and then maybe some bombs because look there was no bigger bomb than Jim Herman last year at 600 to one 600 to one Hermie wins it last year uh, right now the favorite Webb Simpson a true horse for the course 10 to one I can't bet Webb Simpson at 10 to one uh, I looked at uh, the PGA Tour app today and they have six so-called experts picking the winner this week and four of the six pick Webb Simpson mm-hmm. uh, so Wes Tell us who you like. It looks like you and I have one common play that this week, and that's Sun J M 
at 36 to one. Yeah, Sunjay, two top 10 finishes and two appearances here, a sixth and a ninth. I think that Olympics narrative, you know, that story that was well chronicled mm-hmm. and documented is kind of behind him. Now he can go back to the grind of the PGA Tour where he plays pretty much every single week. So I think he'll do better this week because he was a mess on the greens in Memphis, but that was on bent grass. He much prefers the Bermuda, so I'd expect him to putt better. Russell Henley, who is third on the tour for strokes gained approach. I think your irons have to be good here. This is a short par 70, a little over 7,100 yards. Good record here at Sedgefield. So Russell Henley, Charles Schwartzel, 55 to one. Not a regular participant here in Greensboro, but he's third and 14th in his two appearances here. And he's been kind of knocking on the door of a win. He was T2 in Minneapolis about three weeks ago. So he's been knocking on the door, as has Johnny Vegas, who also finished tied for second with Schwartzel and Ustazen and at that 3M in Minneapolis. And then I did go with Ricky Fowler, even though he doesn't need to win necessarily to keep his card and his playing privileges next year. The short game is starting to come around. Now can his approach and his game off the tee come around? So Ricky Fowler, Brendan Todd, Patton Kazire, and Chez Revere are my long shots at 70, 80, and 100 to 1, respectively. Wow. Okay. Uh, I played Louis Oosthuizen again this week. Uh, maybe if Answer got his first win last week, Louie can get his first win on first American win on soil. American soil, yes, uh, because that's the only yeah. reason why he is here. He is well inside the top 30. And by the way, the top 30 is what's going to make the tour championship in about three weeks. So he does not need this to improve right. his status. He is basically saying, okay, this is a downfield and I'm going to play. I was actually surprised to see him in the field this week. Yeah, I was too. But uh, Louis, yeah, and you know what? Fatigue might be a factor for him too. He's played a lot of uh, high-stress golf, I think, the last uh, few weeks. Fatigue makes cowards of us all, Matt. (laughs) Dating to the British Open. Louis at 18 to 1, Sunjay at 36. I played Siwoo Kim at 40 to 1, and Kevin Kistner. 55 to 1. This is I one almost of those. played Kevin Kisner. Yeah, it's a horse for the course track, too. Didn't he uh, tie for third here? He did. And, yeah. and this is a short par 70 where I think he really kind of succeeds. And oh, by the way, Brady and I were talking about Ryder Cup on long shots, which, by the way, now available at vcin.com. I've got the link tweeted out that maybe Kevin Kisner should be a Ryder Cup consideration. I know he's not, you know, up there in terms of the world rankings, but you need a good putter. It's like having yeah. a defender on an Olympic basketball team. So we shall see that. The top six will be settled after the BMW. Hey, we'll talk baseball betting next. Stay tuned. My guys in the desert. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point. Go to OddsTrader.com. Download the free OddsTrader app right now. Start winning with up to the second info you need. OddsTrader.com. Great to be out here at the South Point again today. Let's talk baseball betting. This is a brutal, brutal beat last night. If you played the Yankees-Royals under 10. Uh, Wes, I played, I split a unit. I played under five in the first five. And then uh, the other half unit under 10 for the game. How about this from Stats by Stats? The Royals are the first team in the modern era to erase a deficit in the 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th innings in the same game. Think about that. Also from Tim Murray at VSIN, Yankees-Royals total was 10. Keep that in mind. After six innings, it was 0-0. Zero, zero. Mm-hmm. I think a total of four hits in the game. It was 1-1 after 7, 2-2 after 8, 3-3 three, three after 9. 5-5 five, five after 10 innings. That is as brutal as it gets last night if you bet the under for the game. I got lucky because I was on the over 9.5, so was very fortunate. So uh, next time I get one of those, uh, I'll save my uh, <laughs> whining and complaining and bitching because I got a lucky one last night with this one. Yeah, I would say so. That's about as lucky as it gets. Uh, that, game was, uh, that game was completely dead 
through six innings last night. And the uh, Royals rallied against the Yankees bullpen repeatedly to get there. We've, uh, we've got a really good game on the board tonight. It's not a great betting board in general, but uh, one high-profile game. We'll get to that in a minute. The Yankees back in action in Kansas City as well tonight. And um, Yankees are going to go with uh, Nestor Cortez, lefty, against Daniel Lynch, another lefty. And uh, Yankees right now minus 150 to 155 in that range. Again, the total is 10. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I talked about this yesterday. Uh, Jamison Tyon had been on a uh, tear for the Yankees. He'd he'd been really strong in his uh, past six starts. And the Yankees, in fact, were 7-1 in his past eight starts. Uh, But the Yankees lineup last night was without Rizzo, Sanchez, a couple other big bats. So it's not the uh, it's not the same Yankees lineup that Daniel Lynch has to face tonight in Kansas City. Yeah, Luke Voigt really saved him with mm-hmm. the go-ahead homer in the ninth. Of course, yep. it got tied back up. But you look in terms of who is missing from the lineup. You mentioned Sanchez and Rizzo, also Gio Urshela, who just got back from that COVID pause when he and Aaron Judge were both out. Glaber Torres also on the shelf. So, like, this is kind of like go time for the Yankees right now because the Red Sox, and we'll get to them in a minute, have been obviously struggling 2-8 and eight in their last 10 game so this is the time where the Yankees got to make it up despite the fact that they don't have their full allotment of bats so Nestor Cortez going to get the ball in this spot 37 and two-thirds innings uh, a 267 XERA 27.3 strikeout rate that's above league average but he gets a lot of soft contact too when he doesn't punch out hitters even though he does have the potential to strike guys out Kansas City not exactly great against left-handed pitching either and and the Royals just haven't been making a lot of good contact contact uh you know the fly ball to home run ratio is really small uh they just have not been getting a ton of hits even though they got them in opportune times last night daniel lynch number two prospect in the organization a lot of acclaim and a lot of hype around this mm-hmm. guy but hasn't really shown yet i think what he's capable of but recent starts are showing a little bit of an improvement had an eight inning shutout of detroit uh, in detroit in july and also seven strikeouts against the white Sox last time out but this is a small sample size so you're still really trying to see what you get with the lynch i don't know what i'm going to do with this game i would certainly lean to the yankees in a bigger park cortez gives up some fly balls he also strikes some out so i think kansas city they're a little impatient at the play too they'll 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 strike themselves out rather than the pitcher striking them out. So I think that'll help Cortez out with his walk issues. Walks a little bit too high for a young pitcher, as often happens. So lean to the Yankees here, but no bet for me. Yeah, I'm not going to play this one either. After uh, splitting splitting out on that total last night, I've had enough of this series. And uh, we, we talked about the top four teams in the American League East over the last 10 games. The Rays are 8-2, and two, the Yankees 8-2, and two, the Blue Jays 8-2, and two, the Red Sox 2-8. and eight. Red Sox got to get their act together right now. Four games back in the division, only two games ahead of the Yankees. And uh, actually, this would be a good time to do it because the Rays visit Fenway Park, and it's uh, Luis Patino against Erod Eduardo Rodriguez. And uh, Erod's favored, uh, minus 125 at most spots, total of uh, 9.5, even though you can find a 10 at BetMGM and DraftKings on this total. Yeah, Ray's getting the money here, but I'm going to go against it and buy low on the Red Sox here coming home, even though they're on a 2-8 and eight run. I'll start with Tampa Bay. Luis Patino, 21 years old, one of the youngest starting pitchers in all Major League Baseball. Of course, he was kind of the main prospect in that trade that sent Blake Snell out to San Diego. Right. And look, just seven starts on the season, 1-3, and three, 483 ERA. So a little bit too early to judge this guy. I still think that he's got a lot of potential. So this 
this isn't necessarily a fate of Luis Patino being on the Red Sox tonight. I think Eduardo Rodriguez is due some positive regression. If you really look at the numbers, we talk about those buy low, sell high type of pitchers. This is a buy low pitcher in Erod for the Boston Red Sox. 533 on the ERA, but 330 on the XFIP. That's a two run difference. 367 on the batting average balls in play. So that shows that he's been a little bit unlucky this season. If you look at recent results, his last six starts, he's got three scoreless outings. He's got a season high 10 strikeouts in his last start. Now, Boston bats have got to pick up because over the last two weeks, I think they're like 20th in the league and weighted on base average. So they didn't really do a lot at the deadline. So they're starting to get impatient in Boston. Very upset with the lack of moves. They did bring in Schwarber. Yeah, but but Schwarber hasn't had a chance yet. Right. I, I think that was a really good move. I do, too. Yeah. I, I do too. And it's going to be at the end of the month. But right. people are saying, well, we've already got a good outfield and we've already got J.D. Martinez. But you are going to need depth if you're going to be in the playoffs. And I think that was a good move. They didn't really do anything in terms of the pitching because I think the bullpen has been so good but Matt Barnes blew a couple not not a save the first time it was a 0-0 game but he blew one save opportunity and then he took a loss there was a walk-off home run on Saturday so now seeing a little bit of chinks in the armor with that Boston bullpen but if these bats get going they can make up for this pitching which with some other some of the guys that started the regress especially Nady Evaldi I think on Friday night he gave up seven runs in the fifth but Erod is the guy that I think does have some positive regression uh, going in. And look, Boston coming back home, had a day off off that 10-game road trip. They're 33-22 and 22 at Fenway Park this year, 5.16 runs per game at Fenway. I'm going to buy low and take Boston as a small favorite. I kind of like Erod, too. I think some of the numbers indicate that uh, he's a little bit underrated uh, right now in the betting market. I, I kind of like Erod in the spot tonight. Uh, you know, the Red Sox, I think, didn't make a move. Uh, with their pitching because Chris Sale, they thought, was going to return. And yeah, he was give supposed to come back bump. like this week I now. Think, is he still coming back this week? That was, that was a target. I don't know yeah. if it's been changed because I know that he did not have the greatest outing in terms of, of in the minors, in terms of kind of his rehab setup start. But as of, I think, last week, they said August 12th, which would be this week. So it may be delayed a little bit. But I think he's coming back sooner rather than later. And, and, and they need a little spark in that pitching staff because Eovaldi is kind of coming back to earth at least slightly based on just that last start but Garrett Richards uh, you know a lot of these guys Martin Perez they've kind of been uh, pit, you know punching above their weight a little mm -hmm. bit so to speak Matt so uh, you thought maybe they would regress I didn't think that they would go two and eight in these last 10 games and now be four back at the AL East but I think this is a good spot to at least get a win and kind of stop the bleeding yeah, I, I like the Red Sox a little bit as well. I was thinking about playing the Red Sox and the Tigers tonight. I have not bet either game yet, but Tigers go with uh, Casey Mize tonight against the Orioles on the road. Mize faced the Orioles in Detroit, uh, let's see, about 10 days ago. Mm -hmm. And he went seven innings, allowed four hits, no earned runs, two walks with two Ks. He's not a big strikeout guy, uh, but he doesn't walk a lot of guys either. Casey Mize in the last five starts, Tigers 3-2 and two with that 6-2 win against Baltimore. He's minus 125 or minus 130 or so. Do you like the Tigers with Mize? Would certainly lean that way. Keegan Aiken, I think, has been a little bit better in relief role. He's been kind of in all of the different roles. He's been a yeah. starter. He's been like an opening starter where he goes like an inning and a third or an inning and two thirds. And then he's been a reliever. His numbers are a little bit better in a reliever. But however long Aiken goes, the Orioles are one of the worst bullpens in baseball. They're 28th in ERA, 536, 454 next FIP. That's 24th in the league. So they allow 
allow a lot of fly balls, which means a lot of those balls are going out of the ballpark. Just witnessed the game against Tampa Bay on Sunday where the Orioles had a win. Orioles have the fewest wins at home. So I would certainly lean to Detroit here. I just don't know how long Keegan Aiken is going to go. Those numbers aren't very good. Numbers pretty ugly. Some of them uh, that you look at in his last six starts, the Orioles are 0-6. Uh, 24 innings in that time, he's allowed 56 base runners. Yeah. And 32 That's not pretty. Now. That's, that's sick. Uh, I think there's, uh, there's some, there are some reasons there to bet the Tigers tonight if you want to go that direction. Uh, one more in the American League. How about the Angels and the Blue Jays? Chris Rodriguez against Steven Matz, the lefty in the Blue Jays minus 170, we'll call a total of a seven and a half. I don't have a play here. Anything you have? I don't, but I look, I keep calling Toronto a 2022 team because I think this is going to be a really good team next year, but they keep saying, well, we're not ready to go yet. 60 and 50, obviously still in fourth place, seven games back of the Rays. But look, maybe they're saying, hey, we want to get in the playoffs this year. I think they're going to mm-hmm. fall short, but I do like their future for next year. And I, I like the fact that maybe they're going to stay in one ballpark. That could probably help matter. And then getting Barrios, Robbie Ray has been good this year. Steven Matz has come back a little bit to earth off that hot start, but he's still been quality. You know, all these young players, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Astros where it's like, okay, we're going to be bad for three or four years. But when we get these guys up, when we get Vlad Guerrero Jr. up, when we get Bo Bichette, when we get Biggio, we get these guys up, we're going to be pretty good. And they got a young, exciting team up there in Toronto. Oh, sure. That American League East race is going to be great uh, again next year. It could be even better. Uh, Wes, that's uh, the first game of doubleheader tonight. The Blue Jays and Angels are going to play two. Ross Stripling and Jose Suarez in the second game. Yeah, Toronto, I believe, is the home team for the first game. So this is now the fourth ballpark that Toronto has been a home team in this year. Dunedin, Florida, their spring training side, Buffalo, now back in Toronto, Ontario, and now in Anaheim this afternoon. Good game tonight. The Red Hot Phillies face Mad Max in his second start for the Dodgers. Uh, so Max Scherzer and Aaron Nola go head-to-head in Philly tonight. We'll talk more about that game in hour number two. Stay tuned. Matt Eumanns, Wes Reynolds on uh, My Guys in the Desert, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.